0: There was a big big rise in the markets outside of capital cities as well because why pay these exorbitant mortgages to sit in your lounge room in a capital city when workplaces changed the way they operated
1: you're listening to the she renovates podcast you're listening to she renovates the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love Hello, hello everyone. Today I've got my dear friend Joe Vadillo. and I guess the story behind today's presentation is that I asked Joe to present at She Renovates Live which she very kindly obliged and then I cut the presentation short. I got messed up with the timing and seriously but so I thought that we will revisit that and I think maybe get a fuller account of what has been happening in the market and what to expect moving forward. And so that's what we're here about today. So welcome and thank you for being so patient with my errors of judgment.
0: <laughs> and thanks for having me back on the She Renovates podcast, Bernadette. It's always a pleasure. So we um, are rehashing a little bit here in terms of 2021, which already feels a bit like a memory, but it wasn't so long ago. I don't think
1: that's such a bad thing because I think it's really, as I said to you before, I think it's really important to see where we are in terms of the time, the chronologically, and what's happened in the past and so that can inform what's going to have what we're going to, how we're going to approach it in the future. So I think that's really important. But I think also that there are a lot of people thinking that, oh, well, prices went up so much last year, they're going to drop that much this year. And that we know is highly unlikely, although that's what the banks are predicting. But the banks also predicted a 40% price drop at the beginning of COVID. So yeah, so it's safe to say no one knows. So what <laughs> we're going to do is True. leverage of Joe's expertise to 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 get a bit of a sense of where we are right now. So thank you, Joe.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on and um, allowing me to share a little bit of the journey, what 2021 was. And I've referenced the presentation as a bit of a survivor story because towards the end of the year, I think it's probably fair to say collectively, we're all sort of just limping into that Christmas period battle weary, COVID fatigue, wondering what the future holds. And I'm obviously hoping for a a brighter other side of December 31st. And it was an incredibly busy year, certainly in my business. I'm Sydney-based and I focus a lot on the eastern seaboard of Australia. But for property buying, it was incredibly competitive and prices were climbing literally week to week. So if I had a client and a certain brief and a certain budget and we didn't move with pace, that budget was not going to be able to achieve what they had set out for. So that was literally how fast the climb in the market was. And what I was finding, and at that time I was doing a lot of owner occupiers because people weren't necessarily making big decisions in terms of investing. There's always that fear in those extended lockdown periods, which we're facing, what's going to happen? What about you know, job security, et cetera, et cetera? So a lot of people weren't selling their properties because unless it came down to being an estate sale or a divorce sale, or they had desperation to actually, you know, move along, or they had decided that we've always talked about a tree change, sea change, let's leave these capital cities and then let's hit the freeway and move, which meant there was a bit of a boom, a bit of a boom. There was a big, big rise in the markets outside of capital cities as well, because why pay these exorbitant mortgages to sit in your lounge room in a capital city when workplaces changed the way they operated. You could be location independent. A lot of workplaces are still on the percentage, the whole workforce aren't back in the 100% capacity. Why would they need some of the smaller businesses? Why do they need massive commercial overheads to house employees when those employees have shown diligence and ability to perform at same levels operating from home offices on Zoom? So it was a really interesting time to see what was happening and as such, because people weren't making necessarily selling decisions, and apart from the death, divorce, and desperation, there was so little stock, but a lot of people wanting to to move around. And what that created was a seller's market, and it just didn't stop. Once it started, the market just went up and up and up and up and up, and it just did not show any sign of um, stabilisation or plateauing. And during those lockdown periods and would have found these in like especially in melbourne and sydney markets where the COVID restrictions really impacted property sales and how we bought houses shifted it was by appointment only there was a couple of times i had to sit in the car and wait until the person in front of me actually exited the building and got into their car that's that was how strict it was obviously face marks were mandatory hand washing I had to register well in advance for some of the open homes. So for selling agents, it was good in the sense that they didn't have 65 sticky beats on a Saturday. They had to call back on the Monday. They might have had six really well-qualified buyers attend an open home. Auctions were all done for a window of time, were all done online, which was interesting in that you didn't have that same fanfare and circus chaos that a live auction creates. But then you had new problems, such as internet delays and lags. We had issues where some of those, they had live auctioneers in rooms and the real estate agents didn't always mute the mic. So you got to hear a little bit of insight about what the what they're looking for and hoping to achieve at that auction as well. So there's a few errors of judgment and tech problems as a result of that. Now I won a few of these online auctions, but two of them I won only through luck and the fact that I actually texted the agent saying, I've put a higher bid in, but it hasn't clicked through on your end yet because there was, and it was just little complications like that. So, very, very, very different to a live auction. That's for sure. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I guess at a live auction, there is that tension and competitiveness and fear of missing out. And when we did get back to the live auction format, what I found was prices continued to rise because there was a lot of buyer fatigue. So people who had been looking had been looking, had, and all of a sudden their two million or two and a half or three million dollar budget couldn't even buy them in the suburb that they were hoping to purchase in. They were selling shares and borrowing off parents and just throwing numbers on the table because people wanted their Saturdays back. (laughs) So that's really what I was seeing time and time again. And definitely there was a strong return to the investor market as well. I don't know if you can see this. So what we found was that time waits for no one. Everything was selling like hotcakes, which meant buyers need to be really well equipped, have done their due diligence, not play games. They needed to have their offer watertight, do, do everything they could, often buy under auction terms. Ensuring the pest and building was done, they understood what they were buying, they were able to make a swift decision, they were able to have that contract reviewed by, you know, their legal team before they actually signed anything, which means buyers needed to have the right level of professionals around them that could jump swiftly as well. And this was happening time and time again. And what I have found, Bernadette, that's interesting, In the last 12 months, our business, or even 15 months now, we've had more off-market properties than ever in the 11 years we've been operating. So do you think when
1: in terms of buying you've had more off-markets?
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm seeing that now in the Brisbane market, especially at the moment, I'm getting a lot of off markets and that during COVID it was, if I get the right price and I don't have to open my home up to people because of health reasons or fears, that was obviously a win-win, especially because a lot of people who were downsizing and slightly higher risk age bracket, they didn't really want to have a lot of people come through their home agents didn't need because the demand was there they knew they could get a really strong price without having to do full marketing campaigns as well so that was one of the other things now an agency would normally for everyone that attends the open home do all those callbacks which is a huge drain on staff time and resources especially when probably fair to say 80% of people who go to an open home genuinely are Researching their neighbors, they're having a little bit of a sticky beak and all the rest. And the real, true potential buyer is only like the cream of the crop at the top. If agents can get the right price, why go through that? Why go through that rigmarole? And and that's what and that's what's happening. So when I say off market, I'm talking about not being on domain and real estate. So some agencies are still showing properties on, you know, the L.J. Hooker or the Bell property or whatever the agency is. They're still showing it on there. Office website and they're sending things out on SMS or through VIP database and, and that's something I think if you're buying it's really important to say do you have an email where or an email database where we get pre-market offers um, shown to us and that was working really well for a lot of buyers because that meant they got a little bit of a an idea or a tip off so they could do a lot of desktop research before they actually went and had a look at the property and certainly before that property went live to the masses when all of a sudden there'd be the heavy competition of having a lot of buyers. Amazing. Then we go into, yeah, yeah, like a big difference, right? So in Sydney, and I'm referencing Sydney a lot because I know not everyone's Sydney-based, but what we actually saw in the market a lot in that in that last 12 months were people were selling properties without so much as raising a paintbrush to the wall within a handful of weeks and making significant increases in the price point. So the example would be like the Sydney couple that resold a townhouse nine weeks after they bought it and they made a $600,000 increase on, their, on the price they paid for it. Obviously, you've got to take out your selling costs and your stamp duty, but The way I see it, that's still quite a lot of profit sitting there um, for them for a very quick turnaround time. And that was replicated quite a number of times where people did a really quick turnaround because they could. And that nine-week window, that is showing just the absolute market growth in the Sydney market. And I'm seeing that now in the Brisbane market as well, the heavy competition that lies with that.
1: Everyone I talk to is talking about investing in Queensland. Like, what's going on there? Is it just because it's seen as a better
0: value, or what? Okay, well, Brisbane is long. Well, everywhere's got water views at the moment. (laughs) So, but everyone, Brisbane market has been long overdue for a big rise, and it lagged and it lagged for a long time. And it's interstate migration is really strong in the Brisbane market. So, outside of um, Sydney and Melbourne, in the last twelve months, a lot of people, like I said thought that maybe as time arrived, as their kids left high school, they would make a tree change or sea change. And they're deciding now in the last, I suppose, two years now, let's just do it now. Let's just pull up stumps and go to Brisbane. Your affordability and what you can get is far greater. Lifestyle's fantastic. The climate's great. Tick, 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 tick. I don't need to, I don't need to be subjecting myself to these enormous mortgages um, in major capital cities and all the traffic and all the chaos that comes with that. And so that was part of what's bringing about the the growth in that Brisbane market. It's just timing, really. It really has been long overdue for this uplift. And they announced that the uh, Olympics are going to be there in 2032. And I don't know, that's not the key catalyst, but I think I'm seeing a lot of investors have made to feel very comfortable to invest now as a result of the fact that this projected growth is so much infrastructure is being spent. In Brisbane and the surrounds as well, and not just Brisbane City. Ipswich is, the growth in Ipswich is phenomenal. Morton Bay, which is north of Brisbane, a lot of the, the problem that they're experiencing up there is land scarcity. So a lot of people who are looking at new housing estates. They're going further west and west and it's just pushing, it's just pushing the demand. There's a very low level of rental vacancies at the moment as well. And so they need, they need the investors in there for rental reasons. Interstate, like I said, interstate migration is high, whereas we're finding negative growth in other states. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 2022, when that came about, I think a collective sigh by all. December 31st, of course, we're gonna see sunrise on the first of January and everything's gonna be fantastic, but unfortunately it didn't always turn out, or well, things don't happen to turn out like that. We go into the new year and find that all as a business owner, say 95% of the interest that we're hearing from our clients is to, to buy into the Brisbane market for that for our investor clients. So it's and I don't see that slowing down. Now obviously there's been some Southeast Queensland weather pattern problems, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And it hasn't slowed down any of the buyer inquiry. What we're seeing is, and this has always been the case in Brisbane since we've been purchasing there since 2009, they had the last floods in 2011. And all of the council maps have these interactive flooding map guides that are very user friendly. And I've always made that one of the prerequisites when buying properties for people to ensure that we're outside of those zones. And that's just going to be pushing those prices and those areas up even further now as a result of, I guess, some of the complexities that the region is experiencing at the moment. And if we cast our mind back to 2011, of the top 20 suburbs that were impacted by the flood, 19 of those actually in the following five years outperformed the rest of Brisbane in terms of the growth as well. So we're talking about some of those key areas that navigate around the Brisbane River. So really, you know, high-end real estate areas and they're strong performers. So, yes, there's obviously a lot of problems with, with flooding in those regions now, but buyer beware and make sure that if you've got the, either the right insurance or that you're buying a property that is outside of those flood zones and high-risk areas as well. Yeah. So if we look at what's next. Yes, yeah. <laughs> No, no. So we, I, I think I just cut you off then. Were you going to ask? fine. Go? I'll hold off. To the
1: end, you hold
0: off, okay? <laughs> to the end, all right. So, look, what's next? I mean, you know, we no one knows precisely what's next. We've we've all, you know, navigated quite a few unexpected curly aspects in the last two years that none, none of us foresaw coming around. You know, I was just doing some research and looking at what is next, and the return of my, you know, migration and overseas students, I think will show an increase in the demand on inner city apartments. I have to say that one key factor of the last 12 months has been that investors are wanting houses and not so much the apartment activity. And now that we're going to see that increase of students coming back in, there's going to be a high need for rental opportunities as well. And that's going to show a little a resurgence of interest in the um, rentals for purchases for units as well and apartments in the in the capital cities. There's a softening of the regional shift. So, whilst I commented about being within, I say, a two hour radius of a capital city, it's still those areas have benefited heavily in terms of the market performance ever since COVID really or lockdowns impacted day to day operations in capital cities. But that regional shift growth is probably going to soften. We'll probably see that slow down a little bit as. There is a sense of normalcy returning as well. There has been and there will continue to be a tightening in the macro prudential controls. So that's APRA that's putting on the handbrake because the growth has been so high or so heavy. It has had an impact. It's becoming affordability. They need to put the handbrakes on. They haven't done this since 2019. And what that means is when a broker looks at your numbers, they will assess your borrowing capacity based on a 2.5% increase in interest rates. But now they've increased that to 3%. So effectively, if nothing else changes, now your borrowing capacity is ever so slightly diminished and that may continue to happen. So the take out of that really is if what your borrowing capacity looks like today it may not be the same in 90 days' time. So just be mindful of that if you're looking to purchase. And I do speak to a lot of people that think that they might hold out until there's a bargain to be had, but that bargain may not be. You may, your borrowing capacity may shift and change. And so I'd suggest if you're in the market now to buy, start to seriously make that um, commitment to doing so as well. Rising interest rates will take some of the exuberance out of the market. So I think we'll probably see some activity in that space during the course of 2022. Stronger price growth in the smaller capital cities as well. So hence we've mentioned Brisbane, but Hobart and Adelaide as well. So I think there are other areas that are going to benefit from the fact that the market has pushed. Hobart really has, got, has achieved some really high numbers as well and as Adelaide as well. And Adelaide's got a really strong story economically because COVID didn't really impact the area in the same way it impacted other capital cities. And there's going to be fewer market disruptions, foreseeably, give or take World War Three. The risk of lockdowns easing and happening again, it's pretty, well, I'd like to say low, but, you know, History showed me never to predict that one, but I think ultimately we're starting to get back onto a little bit of a a flow that's going to be a little bit, not so much predictable, but just kind of the way we kind of knew what business and things were like. If we take a look at even just the past week's activity, the auction clearance rates are incredibly high still. So yes, they're saying that the heat's come out of the Sydney market, but I think the adjustment was minus 0.1%, but that's enough. For all the headlines um, in the media to say Sydney's off the boil and yeah, okay, maybe. It's, it is a decline, a decline, but, but 0.1% is not particularly large. And it's still experienced, New South Wales experienced a 91% clearance rate. So all things telling, it's still a very, very much a buoyant market as well. 2022 shows no, this is this would be a hard one for you, Bernadette, as well, the, the building game trades are still impossible to get or very difficult to get. Good ones are difficult to get your hands on without a long lead time as well. And I don't see a shift or a change in that really, because especially on the back of flood affected in areas and people who do need to have a lot of their homes like, you know, fixed, rebuilt. Yeah. It's just going to apply pressure on an industry that's already under the thumb immensely. Hopefully supplies will start to become a little bit more freely available but I guess that's something we're going to see in the ensuing months and without a crystal ball this is just a a sort of a overview and an insight perhaps we can revisit this in December and see how well I went (laughs) in terms of actual predictions yeah. <laughs> so don't hold me to that but you know this is my stance <laughs>
1: well I always think if all those overpaid analysts in the, the work for the banks particularly the big four can get it so terribly wrong sort of fairly regular basis I think that yeah we won't be holding you accountable but I think what you're telling us is really based on some very sound theory and but it's interesting isn't it yeah you you think things are going to go a certain way and they don't they almost never go exactly how we think but sometimes they go better and sometimes they don't so uh, certainly no one ever anticipated the reaction to be COVID to be like it was and yeah so and it's just been a great boom for particularly for regional areas it's so good to see those areas really flourishing.
0: Yeah yeah and what's interesting even ahead of COVID happening a lot of these areas already had a lot of state government expenditure into improved roads, hospitals, because the prediction of that population rollout was already there in place. It just probably happened in a far bigger way, a lot sooner than probably what was anticipated. But that's it. The sprawl is happening. And it was lucky in some areas that they were already having public hospitals open their doors and all the rest. And these improved road systems and arterial roads, it could take people who are moving outside of. Capital cities, but they could then travel back into the city without too much of an impact on time.
1: That's awesome. Well, listen, I think that's been a very valuable account of what's happening in the market. Can I just ask you, are you buying in Queensland at the moment, personally? Yeah, and I'm talking about for
0: clients. For clients, oh, all the time, all the time. Like it's definitely yeah, and always looking at my flood map. Did I buy? We bought three places in Brisbane last week yeah and when you said the reason I asked personally is that actually I'm going to be I'm selling a development site that I did myself and I'm going to be building in Brisbane myself so wow. do put my money where my mouth is awesome.
1: that's <laughs> awesome awesome and you're also building yeah. a new
0: home for yourself <laughs> you a new family home I am running. yes I am in Sydney yeah it's well, it's at council, which is notoriously slow. I'm probably halfway through that marination process with the powers that be. But hopefully, look, I really look forward to having my marching orders. I had our, pool, our new pool pegged out this week, but it could be another 12 months, 15 months, 18 months. It's just one of those things. And I think you just got to learn to roll with the punches and not be too impatient and just understand it is it's due process and it happens. It's just Yeah, it it, is literally just a matter of just um, understanding, having a little bit of faith in the process.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting what you're saying about trade and building costs during the week. Pro Build went into receivership, and that's a very big operation. Yeah, and we've been aware, and I'm sure you have too, that a lot of builders have sort of been like, been sort of the meat in the sandwich in that they have fixed price contracts, but their costs have been skyrocketing. So I think everyone's feeling the pain of the the trade material situation.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I don't necessarily see that as alleviating now, probably for the best part of this year. And I've even had my accountant say, oh, don't build now, don't build now. But I don't tell me no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do it, <laughs> rightly or wrongly. It's gonna take longer. I'm gonna have some higher head- holding costs, but you know, I am gonna surge ahead. And yeah, I. I yeah. And the thing is, the one I'm building in Brisbane, the one thing that particular builder did say to me is the hardest he has got in terms of a trade is, and so he's introduced different building materials so that the property can come up quicker. It might cost me a little bit more, but I'm not gonna have those same delays. Awesome. So. Yeah. There's solutions yeah, out there. That's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, that's so, as I was telling you
1: before, we just sold the class project in Newcastle and the two standout buyers were both from Sydney. So that's really oh, okay. interesting. And certainly I don't really know whether the trade situation has eased off there, but leading into Christmas it was a nightmare. So he's hoping that it's settled a yeah. little bit and people are able to get decent trades to do their projects.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. And
1: the other thing I was going to say is we are talking about people thinking that prices are going to drop. Even in this really incredibly volatile environment, I have heard of deals like undervalued deals still going through. So I think for anyone that's really committed, yeah. keeping an eye on the area that you're looking in is really important because not everyone's that savvy when it comes to selling property and yeah. don't know how to make
0: the yeah, point.
1: so yeah so yeah okay well listen thanks so much for coming in and sharing your wisdom and we will certainly put your contact details in the show notes so that anyone that wants to talk to you about sourcing a property for them is able to connect with you so thank you
0: perfect thank you thanks again for having me
1: If you want to meet up with a group of savvy renovating, I shouldn't say it's all women because it's not. Savvy Renovators, I'll say. Come over and join She Renovates. It's completely free Facebook group and it is growing at the rate of knots. We hit 1,000 members just recently and now it seems to have picked up momentum. And so they are all savvy renovating women and men that are working their little hearts out to live a better life through renovating. Join, if you're not already a member, and then ask, comment, and do whatever you would like to do in order to further your renovation journey. And that's it for me today. So I'll see you next week. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.